Uh, welcome everyone to the next in the IPO podcast series and we are delighted to be here at the British Library today at the Business and IP Centre talking with David from a company called Born Licensing. They are an IP licensing company specialising in the advertisement and entertainment industry. Um, just to give us a little bit of a background on the Intellectual Property Office, we're based in Newport, we're a government organisation, and we are responsible for uh, granting intellectual property rights, and those rights include patents, trademarks, designs, and copyright. With that in mind, often we promote intellectual property as a, a business asset to a company, and I'd like to welcome David to give us a bit of an insight into how licensing can benefit you if you own intellectual property. So, David, welcome. Thank you Thank for joining you. us. Thank you for having me, Emma. No problem. Um, so can you give us a bit of a background on licensing? Yes, absolutely. So um, brand licensing is essentially when an IP holder um, uh, rents their IP out um, to a third-party company that wants to use it for um, a number of reasons. So it could be um, on consumer product, it could be um, um, in advertising, it could be um, on books or um, a whole range of, of different ways. Um, so essentially they're lending their IP out. Um, there are a range of examples of this and I have to ask you, Emma, around your house, is there anything that you can think of that might be licensed? Well, I can immediately draw myself to the Peppa Pig world okay. as I have three very small children. <laughs> um, so can you explain how Peppa Pig um, works as a licensing product? Yes, absolutely. So um, I assume you might have a Peppa Pig plush toy or a book or a DVD or, or something like that. She's nodding her head to tick, all tick, of those. Tick, tick, yes. <laughs> um, So the rights holder um, of Peppa Pig would work with a, um, a licensee that would manufacture those products. So they would sign a contract with the IP holder um, and then it would give them the right to develop um, the Peppa Pig product, um, very specifically what product that would be um, within the markets that they want to distribute that in. Um, and in doing that, they would uh, pay the IP holder a royalty. So that's a good way of gaining revenue through your intellectual property. And the only way you're going to do that is if you obviously protect your intellectual property. So you seem to be very passionate about the subject. How did you find yourself involved in licensing in the first place? Yeah, I'm, I love the licensing industry. And I think it's quite an interesting industry because everybody just naturally falls into the licensing industry. I, I've worked with a lot of people in the industry and nobody has a really, there's no clear, obvious way to get into the industry. Mm. So everybody has... Um, you know, maybe brand marketing experience or they've just fallen into it another way. Um, it's certainly not an industry where there is a university or anything like that where you can do a specific licensing course. Um, so I'm, I'm happy to be talking about it today because it's, it's an industry where um, a lot of people don't really know that it exists and what happens sort of behind the scenes. Um, I've been in licensing for uh, 13 years now. Um, I've worked um, in roles uh, with Cartoon Network um, and with Warner brothers um, and five years ago I started my own company Born Licensing um, with a focus on the advertising and marketing space. Um, I had um, worked a lot in fast-moving consumer goods um, licensing so that would be a lot of um, 
uh, food product, drink product, and so forth. Um, where at Warner Brothers, if they wanted to license Scooby Doo on their product, we would we would um, manage that. Um, and I decided that I wanted to move into this advertising space because I felt that there wasn't enough people doing it in the licensing area. Um, so our focus is working with advertising agencies that wish to license IP. It's usually entertainment-based IP um, in their ad campaigns. You say that obviously there was limited opportunities for studying licensing in university. So did you come across any problems yourself and then why you decided to start your own business up? Was it just because of the lack of opportunities or the lack of awareness in brand licensing or because you felt felt there was a problem yourself and the only way to overcome it was to learn about the issue yourself? So do you have trademarks yourself? Um, Yeah, I mean, I think I've always had quite an entrepreneurial spirit. So when I was working for these other organizations, as amazing they are, as they are to work with, um, I always wanted to start something of my own. Um, Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I found this advertising side of things in the licensing industry that I found out that it was a real niche. Um, A lot of the, um, the IP holders are really focused on their bread and butter which is the consumer products so the apparel the toys um, and other merchandise is is their focus and there's a consistent revenue stream coming from those Um, the advertising side is a lot of work um, and it's it's more inconsistent revenue because um, there's less um, ongoing business um, from from the licensees so that's why I thought I would focus on this specific niche because I knew that none of the IP holders themselves were, were dedicating too much time. Mm-hmm. There's also a huge um, uh, difference between the advertising industry and the licensing industry and the way that they operate, the way that they're, that they're structured, the, the way that they um, uh, the timings that they work on, um, very different. So we thought we would be the bridge between those two industries. Um, in terms of trademark that we have ourselves, I mean, we've trademarked our company name um, and, um, and that's basically it. Our, our business is focused on on other people's IP, yes, yeah, and yeah. helping um, and helping customers, uh, clients um, access other, other IP. So with that in mind, if there are um, listeners uh, tuned in thinking to themselves, right, I've got my IP sorted, I want to make some revenue from from my IP using the licensing, Mm -hmm. um, how would you advise them to go forward in that process? Would they approach you or would they maybe decide where they're going to license to or maybe license from? What what kind of a process does, does that yeah, I think um, I think the first and foremost um, have a realistic approach to what categories you want to go after. Um, there's all different types of IP out there, um, and um, your IP might be um, incredible on a um, on on a food product or a beverage product, but not might not be necessarily right for toys or publishing or or any of those areas. So I think first and foremost. Um, you know, the people listening, they know their IP better than anybody. Be realistic and see what categories um, are, are, um, are available that, that they think might be suitable. Um, they can employ a licensing agent. Um, these are um, companies like Born Licensing that are really 
um, experienced in, in the space and they, um, on a day-to-day basis, work with licensees that like to license IP. Um, they work with retailers to help sell the product in, which is getting more and more important every day. Um, and they have the, the structure and the setup to be able to um, assist with licensing agreements, um, royalties, minimum guarantees, and all of the licensing lingo um, that is um, kind of comes naturally to me now. Yeah. But 13 years ago, I had no idea what it meant. Exactly. Um, and, a, and a big issue for a lot of our customers, who in most cases are small to medium enterprises or individuals, is the issue of cost. Mm-hmm. So if they were going to approach you as a company, what potential costs would be involved? Is there any free information available online or are there any resources or places you would recommend um, businesses who are trying to limit the costs to get more information or just the resources available? Any, yeah. any advice you can give on well, that? Appointing a licensing agent is very affordable um, because the way that, that licensing agents work is they're paid a commission. Mm-hmm. So there's not um, any retainer most of the time or anything like that. It's The challenge is convincing the licensing agency to take mm-hmm. your brand on mm-hmm. and to put the resources behind it because um, agencies, uh, their doors are knocked on all day, every day from um, companies that want to um, extend their IP into other areas. Mm. And the agents need to be very focused on what is going to have the best success for us. Um, In terms of what you can learn about licensing, there are some really good books out there Mm. um, that are available um, that can help you sort of understand there is a a beginner's guide to licensing. There are a range of others where um, you can understand sort of the top line about royalties, um, minimum guarantees, um, and um, a lot of the the, um, information that one would need if they wanted to look into licensing. Okay. Um, so you mentioned about, uh, having a good idea of what a license is and to think about how to secure one when using someone else's, uh, creative work. Um, so if a business was going to approach you for some advice from licensing, could you give them some top tips of things to consider before approaching you to just to make that process easier? Mm-hmm. Do you mean somebody that is going to license their IP out or license someone else's IP? Or should we start with if they're going to license their IP out? Mm-hmm. Are there any top tips that they need to consider? Absolutely. I mean, I think that IP is the most valuable part of anybody's business. Um, and I think that it's critically important that that you look at the long term so that might mean that you've you've you have to have brand values you have to know what you're willing what you're willing to let your brand be on um maybe you don't want to have your brand on unhealthy food maybe you don't want to have your brand on alcohol products Mm. maybe you don't want to be on um nappies or you know you, you might want to make sure that in the in the long term that what you're doing and what what you're licensing your IP out is not detrimental mm. to your brand mm. because the, your focus needs to be your business and your core product and these need to be seen as brand extensions. It can be an extra revenue stream revenue stream for you, which is great. It can be um, a brand extension so that um, it helps sort of promote your brand. But at the end of the day, you want it to be positive and you don't want to sell your IP out to something that's that's not going to help you in the long run. 
So in terms of if you were looking to license a product from a third party, what kind of tips would would you be given? Yeah, there? so that's it's almost in reverse. You have to yeah. think about how I've just said. So, you know, if you want to go to an IP rights holder and you want to um, use their IP on your product, you have to think the exact same way, but in reverse. So you have to think about, will that company want to license their IP out to us? Um, will, will what we do um, be on brand for them? Will it be suitable for their brand? Will it bring in enough revenue in order to make it worthwhile? Um, will there be anybody else that's operating in this area? I know that a lot of um, licensors and IP holders um, they don't necessarily like having multiple categories filled depending on who the licensor is. So if you're wanting to do a, you know, a, um, a beverage that you know um, already exists in the market, the odds are that they, they won't do it due to a conflict of interest. Um, I think the other thing to consider is, is costs. Yeah. So there is going to be a cost to this. You're using... Uh, you're borrowing someone else's IP and you need to pay for the privilege of doing that. Mm. Um, and so usually there is a um, minimum guarantee that's agreed um, in advance and then there's royalties paid that, that offsets the minimum guarantee. And I'm assuming this will all be set down in a contract which will make up a licensing yes. agreement. Yes. Um, so would you work with the lawyers and the company then to make sure that those um, the contract has all the clauses that are necessary um, within that. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So usually, um, typically, the contract is drafted by the IP holder on their boilerplate, yeah. and ninety nine percent of the time they insist on that because it's got all the all their language, all their standard terms and conditions. Mm. Be prepared for a long, a yeah. long contract. You'll be reading it for quite a while. Yeah. A lot of it's non negotiable as well when when it's the bigger IP holders, um, particularly outside of the commercial terms. So standard terms and conditions usually they just have language that it's take it or leave it sometimes depending on on the ip holder um and um then you know you would um work with either a licensing agent or you would work with um a, a legal uh, resource if you have that in-house or or um or, or somebody else that you bring on um to go through that and really make sure that um that it that everybody all parties intentions are clear but all of the financial details all the royalty report uh, the royalty um obligations all the financial will all be in in that contract and you would like to assume then once that agreement is put in place that the the third party would adhere to the terms and conditions of the licensing agreement but if they don't would you give them any assistance and advice in the event of that happening if a licensing agreement is breached um, so from the 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 licensee side, if yes, it's been breached, yeah. um, we probably we probably wouldn't. I mean, we would probably help try to resolve the situation, but we would always um, advise to to work with their in house lawyer or or their legal representative. Um, I think the the best thing to do is is to not breach the agreement to begin yeah. with. Yeah. Um, but if it if it is done for whatever reason, I think just being honest about it and open and talking to the IP holder about uh, about what the situation is and see how it can be resolved. That's always the the easiest way is to is to do it in partnership, try and move forward together. Yes. Okay. Um, I just want to talk about 
the opportunities of franchising and licensing internationally mm -hmm. and whether there's any issues with that um, or you found any issues and whether there's um, anything our listeners that need to be mindful of if they're considering licensing abroad. Absolutely. I mean, I think that it's important that you have to make sure that you're not um, infringing on anybody else's IP rights in other markets. So um, check and double check and triple check and make sure that um, if you haven't registered trademark there and, and everything else that you should be doing, do that before you invest any time into it. Um, because the worst case scenario would be if you know you've got a great brand here in the UK that's absolutely flying and you want to you know um, take it to South America and it turns out somebody else already has that trademark you know you want to make sure that you can check that first um, and try and nip that in the bud before um, before you go too far into it that's lovely thank you um, can you tell us an occasion where you've worked with more than one rights holder at the same time on a project? Yeah, so um, our most high-profile campaign, what, what we're kind of famous for, is the Money Supermarket campaign with Skeletor and He-Man. I know it. In particular, yeah. was, the, um, was the one with Dirty Dancing. Yes. Um, so in that case, um, Skeletor and He-Man are owned by Mattel. Um, mm -hmm. and Dirty Dancing is owned by Lionsgate. So right. there were two licensing agreements, two licensors, two rights holders, um, uh, two IP holders that had to review all of the material, the scripts, the storyboards, the director's treatment, the wow. edits had to, that were involved with everything. Both of them had, had creative approval on everything. Um, so it was, it was hard work. We obviously managed the whole thing. So it was as smooth as it could have possibly been, but the result was incredible. So in the first few days of the campaign, it had over 27 million views. So that that's officially going viral. Right. So it went absolutely crazy. It was on news coverage over overseas um which was really incredible um and it actually earned the um money supermarket over three million pounds of free media so this is media that they have not um, paid for themselves but they've earned um, because the campaign was so successful it was trending on twitter across three hashtags on launch night and they had over thirty-five thousand comments per hour um, so it was very popular we even had um someone got a tattoo on his leg with He-Man lifting wow. Skeletor in the air with the word epic underneath. So, I mean, that is that is like on him forever. Um, that is a story was, for the grandkids, yes, isn't it? absolutely. So it you was must very feel successful. really proud about that. Yeah, I, it was such a fun campaign. Yeah. It was so good. And everybody that was involved just absolutely loved it. Um, it was an award-winning campaign. And, um, yeah, it, it was so much fun to work on. And how long did that take, that whole project? So the, it was about um, four to five months from when um, the script came to us um, and we started working through approvals to when it went on air. So it works quite quickly. The so we, you would have a team solely dedicated to working on that for that period of time? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, they, they would they would work on this and other um, campaigns that, that are um, in process, but that was certainly during that period was our biggest focus. Wow. I think we drawing to a bit of a close here um before we do that i just want to talk about your relationship with the british library mm -hmm. because the british library have put us um, in touch with you um because they uh, know that you've 
been involved in the licensing process and started your own business. Can you talk a little bit about the relationship that has brought you to us through the British Library? Yeah, absolutely. I'm very happy to be back here at the British Library. Um, we um, we were on a 12-week program, the Innovating for Growth program, um, and that was uh, last year. It was really beneficial for us. Um, it's amazing what you can achieve when you take a big step back and, and evaluate the business. And that's what it really allowed me to do. Um, 12 weeks of working with and sitting with really like-minded people, like-minded professionals that had businesses in a very similar um, space as mine. Um, and I was really excited to, to learn a lot about all different all different areas from um, there was a lot of legal help. There was a lot of um, advice on keeping the team, your team motivated, um, prioritizing and all of those bits and pieces that are just challenging and and that you need to be reminded of that are, that are most important in the business. I think um, too often business owners do really get stuck in the weeds of, of things and the day-to-day running of the business. And um, the Innovating for Growth program allowed me to to have some perspective, step out and focus on what's really important. Okay, and before we leave you this today, thank you for joining us. But our customers are always interested and I'm sure they're really intrigued to know what companies you've actually worked with. And can you give us any kind of interesting facts and statistics? Yeah, absolutely. So we, I mean, we work with almost every IP holder you can imagine um, from the biggest um, IP holder, um, which uh, is, you know, Disney in the entertainment space. We worked with Disney Uh before. um, And then we've also worked with, um, with a lot of different licensors um, all the way down to, to smaller IP holders. So we have experience working with, with all, all different types. Um, so what was the question? Like who? Uh, statistics. Have you got oh. any interesting facts or yes. statistics you can share with us just as a takeaway? Yes, absolutely. So one of the, what I feel is the, one of the most interesting statistics is um, what franchise do you think is the most successful franchise in terms of revenue? Oh, I'd like to say Disney, I, I'm thinking. You'd think Dis- it would be a Disney property. Yeah. Um, and we know that Winnie the Pooh, um, Star Wars and other properties of, owned by Disney are up there. But the number one franchise is actually Pokemon. Um, oh, So Pokemon has generated um, an estimated over $90 billion wow. since uh, I think it was 1996. And we're talking about revenue across merchandise, um, publishing, comic book sales, um, the digital app, uh, movies, home entertainment, and so forth. So 90 billion, the number one uh, franchise in terms of um, income earned, which is quite incredible. <laughs> wow, that's an interesting fact to uh, finish on. And so I'd like to thank you, David, for joining us on this podcast on brand licensing. And before we finish today, I just want to mention to the listeners about our business resources that are available um, online, and you can also have them in a, a paper copy if you wish to do that. We've got uh, numerous uh, tools and um, apps available at your disposal. 
if you want to come and see us in person, we've got an events calendar that runs off our um, our website. So please take a look at that and, and come and have a chat with us. We're more than happy to um, chat with you about all aspects of intellectual property. We're also about to launch a business-to-business toolkit to support business collaborations. So look out for that announcement on our social media channels soon. Um, If you want more information on intellectual property, there is a series of podcasts that you can engage with. Have you got anything else to say, David, before we go? Um, Any words of wisdom to leave us with? Well, I'll I'll give you another statistic um, and I'm going to tell you about what um, the licensing industry is worth. Um, So in 2017, the royalty revenue globally for IP was $14.5 billion. Um, and the um, retail and related revenue generated globally by trademark licensing business was $271.6 billion. So licensing yeah. is big business and big it's important business. to uh, try and be a part of it if you can. Yes. Yes.